Welcome to the Torah Journey Podcast. My name is Rabbi Ken Brodkin, and I've been a community rabbi for over 15 years. During that time, I've learned that the wisdom of Judaism is powerful, but it's not always easy to understand. Our weekly podcast will enrich your journey and give you practical advice about how to apply the wisdom of Judaism to your life. We'll offer you insights based on the Parsha, current events, the Jewish year, and more. This is the Torah Journey Podcast. Very often these days, we encounter the phenomenon of groupthink. For example, one influential person calls upon their friends to cancel a figure with objectionable views. Pretty soon, everyone follows suit as the pressure can just be overwhelming. Just this past week, I witnessed a situation where a couple of individuals were pressuring their Facebook friends to condemn some people in our community. They slandered people in the process, and pretty soon, scores of people were chiming in with their support. If you're like me, you hear about this and you start to curse the conformists. Pretty soon I'm quoting from George Orwell's 1984. But wait, as a rabbi and a purveyor of religion with 13 principles of faith, I mean, who am I to curse the conformists? Do we Jews not seek to indoctrinate the uninitiated? Now, I'm not saying that our Jewish organizations are a cult. By the way, last year there was a woman who moved here from California. We got to talking, and she was telling me that before she was seriously interested in Judaism, she was connected with a Christian church. And, well, it wasn't just a church, but a cult. Sometimes you see stories in the news where there are cults with sick and even illegal practices, including sex slavery. Now, this cult that she was in was more low-key, I guess, and, and legal, but still a cult with emotional pressure and manipulation to enrich the church and the pastor, who himself was a cult of personality. True houses of worship do not manipulate people. In fact, when people come to our show here in Portland, I strongly encourage people to assess their options and find out what's right for them, because as much as I believe in our synagogue, I would not want people to feel or actually be manipulated, God forbid. And so... It's true we're not a cult, but are we not at least guilty of some groupthink? The very fact that we have these tenets of faith suggests that we're just bought into these ideas, and we insist that the whole group get bought in as well. It's fascinating that one of the main ideas of our Parsha Re'e is this phenomenon of how we're influenced. Our own thinking gets molded by the society around us, and how do we address this problem? Stay with us for this program, and we will give you the advice that you need to truly become your own person and rise above groupthink. Now, the Torah seems obsessed with idolatry. In fact, as the Jews prepared to enter the land of Israel, the Torah really had two big concerns. Number one, lest we go in the land and serve idols. And number two, lest we go in the land and marry idolaters. The second issue, intermarriage, leads back to the first, idolatry. Given that background, it seems like the Torah is preoccupied with an outdated issue. Idolatry is not really such a problem for the modern Jew. Now, okay, you could say that this ideology today or that ideology is, quote, idolatry, but that's not really what the Torah had in mind. Idolatry is something very specific. Are these extensive idolatry warnings in the Torah still relevant to our times? Now, there's a series of mitzvot in our parsha, each one of which go back to the idea of being influenced by idolatry. 
First, the Torah commands us to safeguard and hearken all of my commands in order that it will be well with you and your children forever. Do what is upright and straight in God's eyes. And then the Torah warns us outright, when Hashem your God will cut down the nations to which you come to take possession from before you, beware of for yourselves, lest you be attracted after them, and lest you seek out their God, saying, how do these nations worship their gods? And even I will do the same. Then the Torah tells us of the false prophet. It's an amazing mitzvah because the Torah basically tells us, I don't care if a person can walk on water. If their message is idolatry, it's null and void. From the false pop prophet, the Torah goes on and speaks about the close friend who privately entices you to stray from God. If your close friend or relative, the Torah says, who is like your own soul will entice you secretly saying, let us go and worship other gods. You must not follow after them. And from there, the Torah moves to a, a, a paradigm of group influence, such as the Ir Hanidacha, to where an entire city of people lead one another astray. Well, again, this is all really cool stuff, but what does it have to do with life today? This obsession with idolatry just seems kind of dated. But one timeless idea from the Parsha is this. We are influenced. It's our nature to be influenced by our surroundings. The Jewish people were meant to go into the land of Israel and build a Jewish society devoted to God. And the danger is that we'll build a society that gets influenced by pagan inhabitants. The society that's around us, simply put, establishes the normal in our eyes. If you grow up in Japan, Japanese culture is the normal. If you grow up in Wyoming, then Wyoming is normal and Japanese culture is as foreign as can be. We're shaped by our surroundings. The Rambam delves into this in Hilchos Deus. Listen to what the Rambam says. He writes, It is a natural tendency of a man to be influenced in his ideas and conduct by his friends and to follow the ways of the people in a state. Therefore, it is necessary to be in the company of the righteous and to sit near the wise in order to learn from their conduct and to distance yourselves from the evildoers who follow the path of darkness so that you will not learn from their conduct. As it says in the first chapter of Psalms, Ashrei Ha'ish, fortunate is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. And the Rambam continues and says, Likewise, if you are in a locale where evil customs prevail, you should go to a place where the inhabitants are righteous and follow the way of good. And if the inhabitants of your locale are evildoers and sinners, who deny you the right of residence in this state, unless you follow their evil conduct, you should go forward, go out, and dwell in caves or cliffs or deserts. But do not accustom yourself in the way of sinners. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, what an extremist the Rambam was. We see how far a person must go, according to the Rambam, to place themselves where they will be influenced only for the good. And we here gain a deeper understanding of the Torah's warning against idolatry. People are just made to be influenced by their surroundings. And when you think about it, going back a couple thousand years, Middle Eastern society was steeped in a big problem called idolatry. Now, that was a mistaken way. The essence of idolatry is where you don't have a direct relationship with God, but rather immerse yourself and you worship the forces of the world. You think of nature like the 
Nile River or the Columbia River here as God and not the creator of nature as what you worship. And that idea, of course, is diametrically opposed to Judaism, where a direct relationship with God is the essence of our lives. The Torah made a huge call for us to separate from that influence, to recognize our tendency to be influenced, and even to create our own society if we must, as the Rambam says. And if we can't escape it in the city, run out to the hills and the woods. We can't necessarily label given modern problems in our world that we see as idolatry. But on the other hand, there are deep problems in our society that people get immersed in. And just like the Torah warned us to stay far from the influence of idolatry, so too today we must eschew movements that separate us from God. Today there's all sorts of movements that go against the grain of Judaism. One of the ideas that we learn from the Torah is that we are prone to be shaped by our society. And in that light, we're called upon to recognize our fragility and to establish the influences that are needed to steer us on a good path. And this also comes across in one of the mitzvot of our Parsha, where we are warned from having our own private mizbeach. We're not to worship God on our own private altar, but rather we are commanded to go to the place where God will choose to cause his name to dwell. This, of course, was the Beis HaMikdash in Yerushalayim, about which the Sefer Chinuch writes that we go there in order to purify and correct our ways of thinking. But hold on, there you have it. We are interested in groupthink. Correct thinking, after all, is the idea, in a sense, behind the Beis HaMikdash. So what is the resolution to this problem? Do we believe in groupthink or even brainwashing? The answer is that we're all impacted by our surroundings. And as Jews, that is something that we want to leverage. But don't feel insecure like you're brainwashed because here's really what you need to do. Each person must take the time in their own life to introspect and ask yourself an important question. What path do you want to be on? And if you do find truth and relevance in Torah and in Judaism, how will you establish yourself on that path? If this is something that internally you believe in, that you feel is right, you should, of course, still continue to think critically. One should never lose that. But at the same time, if you've made a choice that something is good for you, then find a society, a chavra, a group of friends, that supports what you believe is good. I mean, if you believed that a certain group of people or a society was immoral, would you choose to raise your children there? You and your loved ones would be negatively impacted. What influences do you choose for your life? That is the call of the Torah. We're taught to recognize that we are vulnerable and we need to make a choice about what type of influences we surround ourselves with. Because the Jewish people ultimately believed in God and believed that man can have a direct relationship with the creator of the universe. And yet it was very possible in the ancient world to be influenced by those who worshipped and plugged in so much to the natural forces and really went away from this idea that man can directly know his creator. 
my wife and I were talking the other night. We were talking just about some of the challenges of raising kids in America today. And my wife says to me, well, where do you want kids to be? What kind of influence do you want on your children? Do you choose the influence of the secular society or of a Jewish school? Because so much of life is about the decisions that we make about how to shape ourselves. In fact, I was thinking to myself that a big danger during the coronavirus times is the ubiquitous presence of social media that impacts our thinking. It's necessary, I think, in our times for a person to consider the influences of social media. What kind of influences do you want to have in your life? If social media is something that is necessary, if it is part of our world, we certainly need to engage in it in a way that is good for us and that we feel supports a good path forward. And so what influences do you choose to have in your life? Recently, my wife was marking her first year uh, since the surgery that she had, her craniotomy, and she was on the phone with a friend. And this friend said to her, you know, when you were going through your, those health issues, I accepted upon myself, I thought about you a lot, and I accepted that I was going to daven for you and think of you every single time that I relieved myself and that I made the Asher Yatsar blessing, that the blessing that we make upon relieving ourselves in the bathroom. My wife heard this, a person who committed herself to thinking and davening for her well-being and said, now that's someone that I want to influence me. So often in life, we just have the choice of who it is that we want to influence us. That's an important choice that we have to make. And so there's no question that we are going to be influenced and we will be impacted by others. What we need to do is take some time to ponder deeply who we are, what type of influences will we seek out, and which influences will we askew. As King David writes in the first chapter of the Psalms, Ashreha Ish, praised is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked and does not stand in the path of sinners. Rather, his desire is in the Torah of God, and he'll be like a tree planted on rivulets of water that bears fruit in its time, and its leaf does not wither, and all he does succeeds.